Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Today, I'm here to talk about a pretty cool neo-noir film, and that is L.A. Confidential. This movie is set in the 1950s in Los Angeles, and as corruption grows throughout the city, we follow three policemen, one straight-laced, one brutal, and one sleazy, as they investigate a series of murders with their own brand of justice. This movie is one that I had heard of before. I'm kind of in passing. I didn't really know anything about it. I knew that Russell Crowe was in it, and I think that was about it. I really didn't know much about the story at all, but this is uh, sort of a type of movie that kind of piques my interest. I like kind of classy crime movies with uh, sort of a period piece edge to them. Um, I like the the noir style. I'm a big fan of that and, and have been for a long time. And I just... Uh, I, I like crime movies, so this is definitely something that was up my alley, and I decided to sit down and watch it a little while ago, and I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it's not something that I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know if I would really gravitate towards it again and again, but there were a lot of aspects of it that I thought were uh, pretty cool and m- worth talking about for a little while. So I think one of the biggest things about this is that it has an all-star cast. There's a lot of really great character actors in this movie, uh, as well as some really big names. Uh, Russell Crowe, as I said before, is in this, Kim Basinger, Guy Pierce, Danny DeVito, uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty star-studded cast, and they all do great work here, including, unfortunately, Kevin Spacey, who is obviously a monster, and it's kind of difficult to go back to movies that he was in before we knew what was really going on behind the scenes, and, and to try to evaluate, you know, the art and separate it from the artist. That's something that's becoming increasingly difficult with just pretty much any movie. You know what I mean? Like throw a dart and either the director's a monster. One of the key players in it is terrible. A producer is, you know, like just one of the worst sexual predators ever. It's just, it's crazy. And it's, it's really sad to, to see that that's so common, but you know, it's, it's obviously good to know and to, to get justice after the fact, but it still does make it kind of hard to go back and enjoy things that the people who might not be the best were involved in. However, if you can take out the fact that Kevin Spacey is not the not the greatest of guys, to say the least, uh, he is doing good work in this movie. I do really like his character, and I like the idea behind his character. The fact that he is a celebrity crime solver. That's just such a perfect Hollywood idea that almost works better now than it did back then. This movie is made in the 90s, but set in the 50s, and I think that this is sort of a timeless idea. I mean, that could have worked in the 90s, and it still could work now. I can definitely see the idea of uh, probably not now it wouldn't be like a any tv show or you know whatever like making the headlines of the papers it would be more like like a youtuber or i don't know twitch streamer imagine <laughs> it's added a new category for solving murders there's like uh, <laughs> that would be hilarious but uh you know it's definitely something that i still resonated with me and i thought was a pretty cool and clever idea and the way that the characters and the general public react to him and sort of the the process behind getting him like the the good shots or whatever like getting him with the perp in front of the movie theater so we can promote the movie and like give you that like a hollywood feel and like all this stuff and how they're kind of staging a lot of this and it's almost like a movie i thought that was a really really interesting idea and i really love stories like this where the uh the movie business and the crime industry like 
crime industry. Is that the right word for that? Doesn't, doesn't sound right coming out. Uh, the, I don't know, the world of crime, the underworld, if you will, when they intersect. I think those are cool stories because it's a very interesting idea. And I like the commentary that it's making that there are sort of a lot of similarities. There's definitely not uh, any degree of of ambiguity about the fact that there are shading dealings that go around in the the backstages of Hollywood, you know, and and sometimes that stuff crosses much darker paths in stories like this. And I think that's a really cool idea. Um, it's it's still something that is is being told today. Like a, a comic I read recently, The Fade Out, which is from a couple of years ago, but it does a very similar thing. It examines how uh, a lot of things are set up for PR reasons and for actors to get this role or that role or to salvage their public image or whatever, and how that kind of works from behind the scenes. But then also uh, how sometimes the, the criminals kind of come into play there. And I think that's just such a cool take. Uh, I also think that Russell Crowe is a standout performance in this as is Guy Pierce, who I haven't seen in a ton of things besides pretty much uh, like Iron Man three, I think, but uh, he is really good in this. And he um, he does a really great job at turning in this performance as like a sort of a pushover, straight-laced cop who everyone's sort of um, like they just kind of walk all over him. And he eventually starts to gain some degree of confidence and authority over the course of the film. I really thought that was that was cool. And I like the idea of uh, the, the guy he made up, the this name that he just pulled out of nowhere and that he uses that guy as sort of a metaphor for the pain in his life. I thought that was a really, really creative idea. And that was one of my favorite aspects of the film from writing perspective. And Russell Crowe, uh, I really, really liked his performance in this. And one of the things that really struck me is how good of a Batman he would have been. Uh, had they made a Batman movie in this era that wasn't completely terrible and the, the wrong tone entirely, I think he would have done an amazing job. You take something closer to Tim Burton's um, Gotham City and the tone that he had established, and and if you would say, okay, Michael Keaton's out, and we're getting a new director, whoever, and we're recasting Batman, you know, the same course of events that already happened, except you don't make the tone a neon nightmare. You kind of keep it consistent with the previous two movies. He would have been great for that. He's got like a dark gravitas to him. He's got uh, the ability to kind of imbue a character with pathos, even if there isn't like a ton on the page. He just has a really, uh, a really great screen presence. The first scene where you meet him, the way he talks, the way he acts, the way he carries himself, he's Batman, even though he's not playing the character outright. Uh, that would have been so cool. Uh, it's obviously not really a, like a, a strike or or like a really good thing about the film it's just like me you know saying how, what an awesome alternate version of history this would have been but as it stands he is giving a very good performance i really liked his work in this movie i think that he does a great job of making every scene that he's in very interesting. I was really drawn to him when he was on screen. And I haven't ever really felt like that watching a Russell Crowe movie. I kind of think of him as a bit of a joke now when I see him in movies. Um, it's just kind of like, oh, Russell Crowe. It, you know, it's not like, a, ooh, Russell Crowe's in that? I got to see that. It's more of like, of course course Russell Crowe is in that why wouldn't he be but this is definitely the coolest performance I've ever seen from him and I thought that was that was really fun it's it's cool to go back in an actor's career and sort of see them take on a different role that you might appreciate a little bit more 
and uh, and like see them in a different light. So I I thought that was uh, one of my favorite aspects of the film. Now, one of the biggest things that um, th- that I didn't like about this movie was it feels very long, and I think that's because of the writing. It is pretty well paced but when it comes to actually solving the mystery i think there's just so many lines that are repeated throughout the movie like um like the amount of times that they say whatever it is like like girls made up to look like movie stores or whatever like the the whatever the wording is they say that so many times that it just sort of starts to feel like they're repeating the same scene over and over again because they're talking about them and how they fit into everything. And they're just like using a similar variation on the same line. And then you're watching a lot of separate characters sort of put together pieces that you've pretty much already figured out in your head. You know, maybe you haven't figured out exactly who the big bad is or whatever, who's behind all this, but you understand how this piece correlates to this piece. You know, the Pierce Patrick guy, how he connects to the prostitution ring and then the murders and all it's like like it 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 fits together in your head in a rough sort of way so when you just sort of get to see the characters putting together what you've already put together and then another character comes in and and adds this piece and then they're like oh but but it's like two scenes ago you already got that reveal it just sort of starts to feel like it's chasing its tail after a while and i thought that the end really dragged for that reason i did like the whole thing about like um you know I, i don't i don't want you know, you to be the guy who gets away, and and that's why Guy Pierce's character decides to kill the police captain or whoever it was. I thought that was a really cool and powerful moment, and the ending scene was was pretty well shot and riveting. But at the same time, I did feel like it took uh, too long to get there, just in terms of how the movie uh, was was paced. But I did still enjoy this movie on the whole. I would recommend it. I think that it is very well directed in, in a lot of places, in particular the interrogation scene was that one stood out. But they create a strong a strong sense of atmosphere, and and if you like this type of movie, I think you're gonna like this one uh the performances are all really good and and some of the best i've seen from some of these certain players so i think this one was was really cool and holds up pretty well if you haven't seen it i would recommend it and uh, if you have it's just probably worth giving another look I, i think this is a cool movie All right, before I get out of here, I want to say that I am grateful for uh, it raining tonight because that doesn't that means we don't have to water the plants. That's a very simple one, but you know what? Sue me. I, I think it's uh, I, it's something to be grateful for. Uh, all right, you know the drill. Rate, subscribe, rate your podcast. Five stars is super helpful. After that, you can go ahead and tell a friend about the show if you think they would enjoy it. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the word about the show. So thank you if you've done all that, and thank you in advance if you're going to. But in the meantime, thank you as always for listening. That's the most important thing that you do for me. And yeah, until next time, have you a valediction, boyo? <laughs> Peace. <laughs>